Being Black in America comes with its challenges. However, we understand that enlightenment through education is the oppressor's worst fear. By bridging the gap between academia and the people, our purpose is to equip you with knowledge that breaks down barriers during your journey towards truth and freedom. Welcome to the Black and Highly Dangerous Podcast. Yo, yo, Dev, what's going on? What's going on? It's been a while. I know. It's been a long while. Um, I hope you've been well. I've been just, you know, kind of grinding. Um, but at the same time, trying to enjoy my summer. Yeah, no, it's good for our listeners. I know, you know, a lot of you don't know what happened because the weeks come out every episode, but it's been almost a couple of weeks since me and dad recorded last. Because <laughs> we've just been so busy. Well, I've been busy doing a lot of traveling and, and out and about and stuff, conferences and out of the country. So, uh, so it was, you know, a little refreshing. Yeah. Like a little, little break from, you know, we haven't had a break really since we started for the past year and a half. So, mm-hmm. so it was good. And a lot has happened. In almost these past 12, 14 days. That I know. We've just been like collecting stories. <laughs> yeah, it's got a lot to talk about. Um, but but yeah, you know, my, my travels was good. I was in Jamaica, just got back late last night. So I'm still, you know, in that post-vacation phase where you need to relax a little bit. So I'm definitely going to take a nap after this recording. What part, um, did, you, what, what part did you go to? We were in Ocho, Ocho Rios. Mm. So it was cool out there. Um you know, I got to go to, you know, a few of my Jamaican friends like, you got to go to Scotchy's. So went to Scotchy's to get some authentic, you know, jerk chicken. Oh, nice. Was, That's which good. Was, which was slamming. You I'm know, jealous. the mangoes out there are delicious. <laughs> I mean, everything, all the food, you know, I was out there eating a lot of the food and it was great. Um, and, you know, I, have you heard of Red Stripe before, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. The beer. Mm-hmm. They had like a Red Stripe, like lemon beer oh. oh my god it was so good <laughs> that was delicious um i didn't know they had different flavors of it out there because i hear it's just like red stripe and maybe red stripe light yeah they have like different flavors and it was like a really tasty beverage so yeah. so that so that means you're trying to live the island life you're trying to live the island, island life yeah you know um you about maybe... to go go back to an island go back to <laughs> go back to i know i don't know if you were there at uh if, if i can't remember the professor's name at purdue but he would only come and teach like the fall semesters. I think the stats class. Uh, I and, don't know. I yeah, don't know. I, I, oh, I might... know exactly. Who <laughs> I can't remember his about. name. He was so chillaxed. Oh my god, he was, he was so relaxed. And he spent the rest of the year, you know, from January up until August, whenever, in in Florida. So if I could get a gig like that, or I just come back for a semester and then be on an island somewhere while it's cold, mm-hmm. you know, that'd, that'd be nice. <laughs> so I'm trying to work my way up to that, but it was cool. Yeah. Well, at least you were probably by some nice water. The U.S., we had a heat wave I over heard. the last week, but I was surrounded by concrete and just regular trees. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I was surprised it was to hear that it was hotter out here than it was in Jamaica. So that was funny. Yeah. It was so hot that, like, some cops in Massachusetts, like, posted to their Facebook page asking criminals to take the weekend off like we can all get back to this monday but like <laughs> it's it's hot out here y'all that's that funny i went to the grocery store just this morning and um there was like signs on the front door like like air conditioners in aisle five i was like oh what? <laughs> it must be real hot 
<laughs> Must have been real hot because they got the air conditioners posting in the grocery store. Mm. You know, I'm trying to get that come up, but I'm glad. I'm glad everybody survived, and I'm glad I came back. Just, just missing it. Yeah, <laughs> just some time. Yeah. Um, but all right. Uh, so for this episode, y'all, because we got a lot to catch up on. We're going to, you know, of course, share some old Lord news, but then, you know, it's just tons of current event things that I want to discuss with Daph and um, and, and get into because it's been pretty interesting thus far. <laughs> uh, so let's get into some old Lord news and then we'll, we'll go from there. That sounds good? Yes. All right. Hello and welcome to BHD News, where we give you the most current and eye-opening old Lord news of the week. Join us as we present news that'll make you want to say... So we are both academics. We believe mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. academic expression and, you know, free speech and all that. Well, one University of Pennsylvania professor took it to the next level. Uh, she was at a conference, a national conservatism conference in D.C., and she made some very controversial comments about immigration. Um, she said that conservatives need a realistic realistic approach to immigration that preserves the United States as a first world nation. Mm. Now, what does she think will preserve that? She said that our country would be better off if we were, if we, as in she's talking about white people, (laughs) dominated numerically. um, And if the country was dominated by people from first world country the less uh, the West, and if it had fewer people from less developed countries, wow. and she said uh, Europe and the first world um, to which the U.S. belongs should remain mostly white for now, oh, and wow. that the third world, although mixed, contains a lot of wh- uh, non-white people. So she's saying that trying to build a correlation between people of color and third world nation. Uh, So pretty much she wants the U.S. to remain white and she'd like to see immigration policy that limits the number of white people, uh, limit the number of non-white people. That's wild, yeah. (laughs) They go to race-based, you know, immigration, huh? That's what they're trying to do. Yes. Pull back the, and and the funny thing about it is that it sounds like she's talking like this is some new idea. Like yeah. It's never been done before. <laughs> yeah. And what's crazy is this professor actually came under fire a few years ago because she said that um, black students at the University of Pennsylvania law weren't able to keep up with white students and that they were consistently kind of at the bottom of the class. So like the students have been like side eyeing her. So her belief system is not new. But uh, of course, the university was like, uh, it's not our beliefs, but, you know, we believe in her academic freedom uh, and open expression, but the students aren't having it. Yeah, no, that's why. That's why I'm glad the students are, you know, fighting back as they should. This nonsense. Mm-hmm. 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 OK, so this this other story. So, you know, we talk a lot about criminal justice reform and Uh, sentencing and stuff like that. Um, And we look toward rehabilitation. And that's what this one court did. There was a 77-year-old murderer, 
And a judge ruled that, you know, the 77-year-old man, he was at an age to where, you know, him committing another crime would be unlikely. Uh, They said that he had aged out of his capacity to engage in such conduct, etc. And he was released. Well, he actually did. He was not too old. And the man who was deemed too old, he ended up committing another murder. Yeah, I heard about that story, man. That's crazy. Yeah. And what I get, I get worried about stories like this because I think people... Uh, you know, it, it, like to use these kind of stories to be like, like kind of like Willie Horton and stuff like that, right? Like mm-hmm. why we shouldn't let people out, why they should stay in. Oh, it debunks all this research that says, you know, the older you are, the less likely you are to commit crime because they'll take this one story story and overgeneralize it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't mean to overgeneralize it, but yeah, it's definitely like, oh, Lord, I, I, thought, <laughs> I thought your old behind was done with it. As the data shows, and most likely that's what usually happens, but, you know, every once in a while you got, you know, somebody like this who's still old and still wild. A part of me, though, thinks, too, is that guys like that, and it's common just generally, people who spend a lot of time behind bars feel more comfortable behind Behind bars. They commit a crime just to get back because that's what you're used to. I was thinking that, too. Like, you, at that age, you're so institutionalized. Um... I don't know how long he was in there before, but if you've been there like most of your life and you come Mm -hmm. out, the world is probably so different from what he remembers. Mm -hmm. If that's the case, I wish he had committed a nonviolent offense. Yes. Um, Or that there were more services to help people to transition into the yeah definitely transition. And, you know, did he want to come out? You know, did they just let him out? You know, that's, I don't know, but... Uh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Be more careful. Yes. Okay, so we have been talking a lot about the Dominic- the Dominican Republic and um, all of their tourist issues with potentially tainted alcohol. Well, Costa Rica has issued a national alert about tainted alcohol because in the last few weeks, 19 people uh, have been killed due to methanol poisoning due to tainted alcohol. And that's just in the past few weeks. And their own government has issued a statement. And the, the 19 people have been since June 14th. Wow. You know, this is like this sense of paranoia going on because even when I was in Jamaica, you know, there was just conversations like, you know, are you going to drink from the mini bar? You know, I know my brother had, my brother got a little sick. It was like some food, something messed up with his stomach because of some food he ate. And my mom was just worried, like, did you drink anything from the, you know, the mini fridge and stuff like that? And he was like, no, I didn't. But I think, you know, these incidences happening are, you know, making people a lot more cautious and worried, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. because it's what's going on. And it is it is a scary thing because you're on vacation. You're trying to have a good time. There are some things, you know, you feel like you're in a safe space on a resort and, you know, you want to indulge in some alcohol. uh, But now with people, however, it's getting tainted with somehow you just got to be on your P's and Q's more. Yeah, you do. That's kind of sad. It, yeah. it it seems like Costa Rica is being like proactive and like actually acknowledging that there is an issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's the case for a DR though. So 
Yeah, DR. Yeah, I mean, I guess it was primarily the one resort in DR, yeah. which you know should be I don't know shut down until they figure out what's going on. The people are dying mm-hmm. uh, within weeks. You know, multiple people. You know, it was around ten or something like that in DR. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that place. You know, you got to kind of shut that down and figure out what's going on for sure. But but yeah, at least they are being proactive. So so y'all be careful when you're traveling. You know, just be on, most places are good and safe. You know, but just be on your p's and q's for sure. Mm. Um, and my final story is kind of like some yes, Lord, or positive news. Uh, Talanya Adams, who was a lawyer and worked as a policy advisor in the Senate Democratic Caucus in Arizona, um, after a public report was released and she was able to see the salary, her salary and the salary of others with her same position, she saw that she was being paid $30,000 less Hmm. um so she you know professionally confronted her superior you know about the pay discrepancy um and the democratic leader that she um you know spoke with actually replied uh it was uh who's now the secretary of state for arizona replied that her complaint about the salary discrepancy was inappropriate Mm-hmm. Um, after a few weeks, Adams, you know, took leave to take care of her child in Seattle. And while she was on leave, she was fired. Wow. So, yes. But this is where the Yes Lord news comes from. Adams sued and she actually represented herself on a gender and racial discrimination lawsuit uh, based on the pay disparity. And she actually won a one million dollar settlement. Wow. And that's only compensatory damages. Like they haven't even done the punitive damages yet. Um, And, you know, one of our very first episodes, we spoke with uh, lawyers who talked about how difficult it is to prove like racial and, you know, sometimes gender discrimination. But not only did she do it, she represented herself and did it. Mm, That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. And that's rare, people representing themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, she was a lawyer, honey. Don't do not play with us. Pay yes. her. Because hey. the the excuse that they tried to use was that, oh, those guys, I guess, making ninety thousand dollars are, you know, Republicans. You know, it's a different party, but you know, she was like, uh uh-uh. uh, pay me. Yeah, get you get your get your coin. Get your coin. <laughs> that's what's up though. Yeah. Well, yeah, I feel like, yeah, I, I'm. I think I, there has to be some way where companies have to disclose their information mm-hmm. of of like pay discrepancies or just pay in general. Because um, a lot of people get a lot of companies get away with because people just don't talk about. It. It's like this culture we have in America. We don't talk about our salaries, mm-hmm. and uh, most of the times, women, uh, black women. In particular, minorities, you know, we're getting the shorter end of the cut, but, you know, we don't know that because nobody talks salaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody sees it by accident or you hear about it informally in some conversation at a bar or something. And you're like, oh, what? You know, and then it's like, then how do you address it? Right. Like, yeah. That's also, you know, some people are like, uh, aren't lawyers and aren't like, oh, let me go to the to the court and handle it. And some people just eat it. They may ask. They may get fired. Who knows? Uh, but. Yeah, we have to have some kind of accountability to, to decrease this pay gap, for sure. Yeah, I agree. Talk more. Talk mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. Uh, with your peers. And that's one thing I do appreciate 
uh, about in academia of some sort, at least the people that I've come across, they're like very forthcoming, like negotiate mm-hmm. for this, talk about this, try to do this. I don't know if it's the same in the corporate world. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. And a lot of times, even just in academia, like schools like Purdue, like public universities, you can look up people's uh, salaries, you know, supporting. Be like, supporting. oh, yeah, I can get all that money. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I won't lie. I used to be all up in those uh, reports. Oh, yeah, especially at Purdue, because I'm like, y'all making this much money in, in Indiana? Oh, y'all balling for real. I'm like, like, oh, you're making way. all this money because you got this research center, huh? I <laughs> <can't do that. laughs> the research center, the grants, don't got to teach. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they they had no reason to be complaining up there, man. I tell you that. I mean, I would be complaining for a lot of other reasons, but the money would be good. That's for sure. <laughs> Sometimes I get asked, would, would I go back? I don't think so. That, that, that style of living wasn't for me. Although, you know what? It's one of the, well... See, the only thing about, so Purdue, it was like 45, 50 minutes from Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of like, because it snows there, I wouldn't want to live in Indianapolis. But yeah. if it was any other place, that would actually be kind of doable, especially if you didn't have to be on yeah. campus yeah. every day. Oh, yeah, that commute would definitely be doable for sure. Um, but, but yeah, you're right about the snow. That commute wouldn't be good in that early winter time, January, February, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some bad classes. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so I got a couple old Lord news stories that have come about in this past week. Um, I guess the first one I'll talk about quickly is I, I'm pretty sure you've heard of the Area 51. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> So for those of you who don't know, uh, pretty much there has this been online call for people to go raid Area 51. I think it's supposed to be in September, October sometime. I don't know the exact date when they're calling to do it. Uh, but it's supposed to be, I think it was something along the lines of like 700,000 people signed this thing. So they're going to do it. And they're going to go to, where is it, Arizona, Nevada um, to, to go storm. Yeah, in September, storm Area 51. And, you know. Area 51 has been this kind of hush-hush, confidential place, military training grounds where there are believed to be aliens or extraterrestrial life living in these places. And so people are kind of fed up and they want to go there and and check it out, (laughs) you know, which does pique my interest because, you know, we've seen tons of, you know, movies, articles and and hearsay about certain stuff. You do want to see, like, are they really hiding some things? What's even more funny about the situation is that, you know, the the government, the military responded. It's pretty much like, listen, y'all, I know y'all thinking about doing this, but uh, we going to be ready. You know, they said we standing ready, you know, armed and ready for y'all if y'all come. So I would advise not even trying us. Um, And so, you know, it's kind of some people have fell back. But I think, you know, I think they're going to be still some bold folk who are going to go push forward with this. Yeah. The military tries if you want to. I'm letting y'all know. Yeah. That number, the number of people who've RSVP for the Facebook event is 1.7 million people. Ooh, and okay. 1.3, another 1.3 have said that they are interested. Okay. So that's almost what, 3 million people? Yes. Just interested? Oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Uh, I know we're going to see some videos. We're going to see some people actually trying. Uh, the military will be ready, but I know there's going to be some uploads on social media, some crazy stuff. I doubt anyone will get close. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, something to keep an eye on. And I see all the funny memes of people like, you know, if they 
catch find them some aliens or practicing like uh training to help the aliens escape they're in the gym doing all these weird workouts with people in like alien suits it's funny man i saw one that was like uh people gonna come back with like alien baby daddies or something oh, yeah. like that, baby mama. <laughs> yeah i saw like the uh the gif of like uh men in black when when bill smith holding that baby alien yeah that's uh, so a lot of people so so well, it's funny what was funny is that they did a poll and it actually found out that like 20% of like respondents to this poll believe that extraterrestrials have come to Earth, you know, at least once. I don't know if they know, think they're still here and that an advanced technological society existed prior to our modern society. So, you know, people, you know, they out here, you know, believe it. Do you believe do you believe? I just find it hard to believe that we are the only ones in this entire universe. Yeah, I don't know if aliens <laughs> have come to Earth, but I just feel like the universe is far too vast for us to be the only ones. Yeah, that'll just be super weird. Like this whole universe and just us Earthlings, just just a, nah. So there's got to be stuff out there, but who knows? Have things visited? Have things fell on Earth? Have we? I have no idea. It's a possibility. Do I think it's as? Um, extreme as some of the movies and stuff probably not but i think they got something maybe some kind of dna organism something who knows yeah i mean if you had the opportunity you could never come back to earth though but you could go and explore a advanced technological society in space would you do it Woo. i don't know that's a tough one leave people here i got to bring people with me you can bring um, your wife i will say this i wouldn't be the first to do it okay okay like, like i gotta like see other people do it and see what it's like and you know it's like actually like you actually going places and seeing things and i'm like okay you know i give it a shot but i don't think i could be the first okay okay i feel you on that um, another old Lord story, a uh, new story was, um, I'm sure, I don't know if you participated in this, death, but hopefully not, but maybe, was the face app when everybody was oh, making their face older. I did not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't download those apps. I do not. I do not. John yeah, I did, did, though. He did. <laughs> 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 it's, I knew it was going to be somebody um, so one reason I didn't download it and, and I'm going to be honest the main reason I don't download these things is because I don't even know what apps they're on people just mm-hmm. be doing it I don't know if it's like a, it's Instagram if it's Snapchat if it's a different app so I was just too lazy to like figure it out but I was enjoying looking at everybody's um, so for yeah again those of you who don't know there was this craze going on for about a few days last week on social media where people were uploading their faces and their faces were changing it into like the 60 year old selves right mm-hmm. um and you know it was funny because it was very very realistic and shortly after you know uh, millions of people had uh, uploaded their faces and it comes to find out that they're made in the in the terms and agreement you know a little contract everybody just clicks okay with it seems like the russians or a russian company or what have you owns the pretty much the software to this um the, the this uh, app mm-hmm. and so they pretty much own everybody's face mm-hmm. so it's causing worry because it's like oh what can they do with your face now the fact that they own it can they use it for facial recognition software or other things uh and now people are like <laughs> uh you know kind of hitting themselves for actually rushing yeah. and, and playing this kind of app now i didn't use it what's funny is that my youngest brother was putting 
my other brother's face all in it. Oh, that is so funny. He wasn't even trying to be on it. Uh, but it was funny because my middle brother, you know, my youngest brother was the one put my middle brother's um, face into it. And he was sending us the pictures in our group chat. And he, my middle brother looks exactly like my dad. Like That's it so was funny. so scary. Um, and I was like, this thing is too realistic. And then when he found out, you know, that the Russians were taking it, you know, he, he was definitely giving exchange some words of my youngest brother for using his face that is hilarious <laughs> it's funny because i saw john picture it was so funny uh but i was like i had already read the story about like the russians and i was like why would you do that i just i laughed <laughs> at the picture but i also kind of shamed him i'm like because you know i'm the one that tried to warn him about alexa like you know what i'm saying like yeah. i'm I trying to put him on game you <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful, y'all. You know, with this internet stuff, you can't just rush into it because, you know, it is getting it is getting quite worrisome now. Um, how much data we're just giving up uh, to these to these companies and what they're doing with it, and and so yeah, I think with things that go viral, of course, oh, make an app, make your face turn old, everybody using it. Now you got everybody's faces because we're not reading the fine print. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I think a lot of people did get got with this and hopefully nothing bad happens uh, because, you know, people have raised awareness on it. Um, but, you know, your face is theirs now. So, uh, so yes, that's definitely old Lord news. Um, two more old Lord news stories. Um, one is I've recently read this thing. Have you ever caught of this uh, off-broad, heard of this off-Broadway play called Slave Play? Mm-hmm. So I've been seeing things about it. I had not heard about it before people started talking about it on the internet. Yeah, so so it's going to be coming to Broadway uh, in the fall, and it's controversial. A lot of people have mixed feelings about it, uh, but it has been the most talked about off-Broadway play, which is one of the reasons why they're bringing it to Broadway. Um, and pretty much it says that the critically acclaimed and controversial slave play is about three interracial couples participating in an unusual form of sexual therapy, which reportedly involves slavery, uh, cosplay set in Virginia Plantation. Oh my God. <laughs> Seriously. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, and so naturally, there's been a, a petition on change.org to get the play shut down or not bring it to Broadway. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't think I'll be rushing to see it. Um, but it's like, what kind of play is this? You know, like some strange sexual cosplay of slavery with interracial couples. It is strange. Um, and so people are definitely pushing back on that for sure. Yeah, not interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't I could sit through it. It, it, it. I'd be disturbed too much, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, because it's so controversial, I know people are going to see it if it if it winds up hitting the Broadway play. I wonder what the message of it's supposed to be. Um, you know, how we're supposed to take morals from story? Like, what, yeah. what are we supposed to take Yeah, I'm, yeah, I don't... I don't know. I guess I would have to see it or read the script or somebody would have to tell us if you ever seen it or heard of it. Please send us an email and let us know what the, you know, bottom line, you know, takeaway is supposed to be from this kind of story. Because um, I would be interested to see. But is it, it makes- is it our duty to actually watch it, to be able to talk about it on a podcast? Like, is is that our duty? Is that our duty? I don't know yeah. what that duty <laughs> Sit through that. I'll trust somebody else's word perspective oh, yeah. who's into it. You know, there are people who, you know, I think I have a colleague who's, um, you know, well, she's a assistant assistant professor in a 
theater department at, at my school. So, uh, you know, maybe we'll bring her on and I'll ask her, you know, she, I'm pretty sure she's here, heard about it and she can give us some good insights yeah. or she has to look it up before we bring her on and tell us. Cause that, a, um, she's a dramaturg. So that'd be interesting. And the final one, and I know Daphne, you might be excited about this is that, uh, uh, P. Diddy says he's bringing you back Making the Band. <laughs> oh, my God. I did not know. That used to be my show. Oh, my God. Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. Yes. Oh, so my God. Last week, Diddy took to Instagram and Twitter and was like, MTV hit me up. You know, they want me to bring back Making the Band. I don't know. What do y'all think? And everybody, celebrities like, yeah. included, sent him back and was like, you better bring it back. Uh, we've been waiting for this for so long. And so then he announced um, uh, later, like in the middle of last week, that they are bringing it back in 2020. Oh, wow. That's that's what's up. You know, that's when reality TV used to be so good. Like, that's when I, I was back in college. People could not wait to look at making a band and Flavor of Love. I ain't yes. gonna lie. Yes. I watched it. I did. I, I did love watch New York, it. all that. <laughs> I did watch it. I did watch it. So everyone's excited. People are saying, is he going to bring back the old heads to participate to help? Like day 26, you know, Aubrey says she wants to participate. Day 26 said they they don't wouldn't mind coming back and others. So, and definitely Dylan and them said they would be interested. So it'd be interesting, you know, um, to see if it happens i mean well what is going to be like when it happens you know me personally i'm excited to see but i do have some mild reservations because i don't know did you ever watch the show his show the four no so that was a show they had two seasons of it and it was a show like a singing competition you know uh kind of like the voice-esque but not really it's like you you knock people off if you win and you can stay on consecutive weeks um and the thing about this show which frustrated me and a lot of other folks is that it's 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 pretty fair throughout the whole time, but then towards the end, it's so um, biased. Mm-hmm. Like Diddy and they really push who they want to win, and in both seasons, they were really all a lot of the black ta- talent was phenomenal, always the greatest, and then they were always pushing. I think for their ratings, uh, like a white act who was mm-hmm. never as good as the other, you know, the black artists, you know, um, and they would get kicked off and they would bring them back on the last week and they would be all of a sudden in the finals, you know, with the last two when they shouldn't have been there. And the first season, the black girl won, but then the second season, um, this black girl who who was, let me tell you that, i just go on my rant really quick. She was one, her name was Banji. She was a rapper, a black woman rapper. She killed it every week, was the first one ever to last. She won every week, knocked off everybody, made it to the finals, and should have won. But they brought back this white guy named James, who got kicked off, came back in the last week, somehow beat another incredibly singer, and then wind up beating Banji in the end. It should never have happened. So many people were upset. It was so scripted. And why it's scripted is because the fans don't choose the winner. Diddy and them choose. And so, you know, I was like, after that, I don't know if I can ever watch another Diddy show again. Uh, but anyway, that's just my personal reservations. But I'm sure making the band will still be good. And I definitely will tune in. But I will be watching to see if he's going to be, you know, playing the game like that to keep them ratings up. Well, I was about to say, as much as I enjoy making the band, if I was a singer, I would 
never want to sign to Diddy. Like, oh, yes. You signed to Bad Boy to be put on a shelf for nobody to listen to your music again. Like um, Aubrey's group, Danity Kane, like, you know, they had a little bit of success. Like he put them out a little bit, but for the most part, you go to Diddy's label to um, kind of disappear. Yeah, pretty much. And it's like none of them really ever bounce back. Yeah, ever. They had that success, but it's like, you know, sometimes they'll, you know, go solo, still be popping, but it's like they all just, you know, kind of disappear. Yeah. Definitely won't have any. It'll be fun to watch, but I don't think anybody will really be successful from Diddy's track record. You better uh, get that reality TV 15 minutes of fame because you definitely ain't going to get it with Pretty much. I think if you go on it, you should have like a plan, like you're using it as a stepping stone to get whatever platform or your your brand out there. Yeah, don't win, though. Don't win. Yeah, don't win. You might be better off. (laughs) (laughs) What's going to get you signed on that dotted line? That's it. Yeah. No, no, no. So I guess while we're on entertainment, we can continue down this line. Speaking of deals, Eddie Murphy actually just signed a $70 million deal with Netflix to do a stand-up comedy comeback. Did yes. you hear about that? Yes. And I, I just, uh, I don't know how I feel. You don't? I don't know how I feel because I just feel like I, I definitely want to see it. And Eddie Murphy is a legend. And, you know, I've watched all his old stand-ups, you know, like Delirious and Raw. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just like, if it flops, if it's not good, it's like, uh, I don't want to see that, you know. Yeah, some people are just Some people are just like, like, you were great, you you were did, you're a legend. And it's like, now you're coming back after, I don't even know how many years off, you know, got to be a couple decades, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, and it's different times, like the jokes and stuff you were saying back then. Uh, would not fly today yeah. <laughs> for you to be and it's different if because you're coming into like a whole you know Eddie Murphy's our, pretty much our parents generation right we were young when he was he was in the 80s uh-huh. doing a lot of his stuff and I think we came up more so on his movies which are still a softer version of what he was doing and so now if you're coming into this whole brand new generation uh, with not keeping up I don't know it's a risk you know I'm not saying that he can't pull it off because he is a legend I'm definitely going to tune in but I think um uh, I think you'll have some people looking for a particular Eddie Murphy and it's like, which audience is he going to cater to? Yeah. Backfire. Yeah, that's true. I do know Netflix, they are like giving that money out like crazy. Expect our prices to like continue to increase because they just, they handing out this money. I ain't mad though. Make your money, but make sure the stuff is good. Cause Netflix is, you know, they put some stuff out there. I'm like, "Mm, this is just like, and canceling yeah. the good stuff. Yeah, they cancel a lot of the good stuff because they just been putting so much money out there, and they re- increased prices, and so you saw their stocks took a big hit as well because oh, of that. that. Yeah, no. and you know, I guess you know this kind of goes into what I want to talk about really quickly too. I think one of the reasons they are about to lose some more stock and have a lot more competition is because Disney's releasing their um, oh their platform. Mm. And recently, they just uh, a couple days ago had a, um, I think it was at like a Comic Con or something like that, where Marvel pretty much released their, um, oh, well, Disney and Marvel released, you know, their upcoming films. Mm. And so it's made a lot of bl- a buzz. Um, actually, you know, um, what's his name? Uh, uh, Mashal Ali. Mm-hmm. He is going to play the new Blade. Blade, yep. I saw that. Which I think is a perfect role. I mean, that is like, that is a really good casting. Um mm-hmm. 
that would be fun to watch. But anyway, they released a bunch of their movies and shows. So movies that are going to be in the theater and shows that they're going to have on the streaming platform that are going to be linked in with the Marvel Universe. So Blade is going to be a show, which I'm sure they may actually turn into a movie depending on the success. Yeah. Um, so. And, and they pulled their shows because, like, those Daredevil shows and Luke Cage were all on Netflix. And they pulled them because Disney owns Marvel. And now that those type of shows are going to be on Disney. Um, so Netflix is in a little bit of trouble. We'll see how they can keep up. But they definitely got the the, the stand-up comedy game on lock. And bringing somebody like uh, uh, Eddie Murphy is going to be huge because people are definitely going to subscribe just to watch that, you know. Yeah, I just I feel like it's about to be too many streaming platform. And it's like, how how do you choose uh, a lot of like networks like CBS? They have like their own streaming thing. All of these different like studios want to have theirs. It's just kind of like at a certain point, like somebody's going to going to fail because. Yeah, what's going to happen is what I'm seeing is that you have the Netflixes, you're going to have um, the Disney's. And then also right now, HBO has they new they announced a new streaming platform that's separate from like their HBO Go, and they've brought things like CW Network and I think another one. So I think what you're going to see is because yeah, nobody's subscribing. To, I don't subscribe to like CBS, NBC. Like I'm not wasting my money on that. Yeah. Um, but I think the bigger networks like HBO would buy those up right so okay. their shows would be on the hbo app on disney app or on hulu hulu has some already contracts too so you're probably gonna what it's looking like you're gonna have four or five major ones and then people to choose from that um so disney's definitely gonna be up there netflix probably hulu and then now hbo i'm sure they'll make a big hit yeah. as well um but yeah outside of that i don't know they are. It is becoming too much because it's like, uh, which one do I get? Is it worth it? Yeah, because you got Prime as well. Oh yeah, and I'm Prime, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm not gonna tell people to share passwords, but like, I mean, <laughs> it's too many. It's too many out here. It is too many. It is too many. Uh, people making new uh, email password, email accounts just to get the new, you know, free thirty days. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm glad I still got my, you know, because I'm still in school, so I always got that EDU. That always comes in handy because you always get a fresh discount with something. That's so like, funny. Oh. You are not a student. <laughs> trust me. No, I am a student. When they say the, the, the good teachers are forever students, something yeah. like that. In the life. <laughs> so I take that model with me when I'm subscribing to these accounts. That's hilarious. Um, what else we got? Um, I well, guess uh, one more thing too about the whole Marvel thing, uh, really quickly that I, I forgot is that uh, you know Tessa Thompson, you know she plays in um, the Thor movies or a couple of latest Thor movies that she was also in. She plays Valkyrie, and apparently that in the new Thor movie called Love and Thunder, because um, she's taken over for those of you who've seen the movie like the uh, what was that place called? No, the new Asgard. Mm -hmm. And, um, and apparently she is going to be like the first LGBTQ superhero in that next door film where she'll be looking for a queen as well. Oh, wow. She'll be looking for a queen. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, people are excited about that. Shake some things up. And she's and she's excited to play that role, too. So. Well, that's cool. Out there, yeah. Well, it's kind of speaking of Disney. Um, of course, The Lion King came out this past weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah, didn't see it yet. I didn't see it yet either. And it's partly because, you know, how people start, you know, they go to the movies and they start talking on Facebook. And a lot of people, I don't know if it's because we grew up on 
1994 Lion King, but a lot of people were just disappointed. I mean, it still did very well in the box office. I think yeah. it raked in like 185 million and they were only expecting like 150 million, but people have been like lukewarm in their reviews. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, people have said, this is the, the general consensus I've gotten, is that they love the animation. Um, but some of like the songs and stuff didn't hit the same. Um, some of the acting they weren't sure of. So I'm not sure. You know, I'll definitely see it and then report back my views on it when I get around to it, probably next weekend. Yeah. I'm gonna get to see it. I'm gonna look see, I, I actually have that AMC um movie oh, yeah, yeah. membership where you can get to see like three movies a week. I live literally I can walk three minutes to the movie theater for my, and I, I still don't go. It's such a waste of money. <laughs> I need to go see it. Um, but I, I, they were showing, I think on either CBS or ABC, the 1994 Lion King just a couple weeks ago. And like, I watched it like I was a kid again, singing all the songs. So it's like, I don't know if I want to ruin it for myself. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't know either, uh, but I'm gonna watch it. Cause I got to see it. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, I think I think yeah that it's not I don't think it's going to ever hit the same as uh, that original one that first one it's just it's just not uh, but you know it's good to catch the live action. I did like the album that Beyonce put out though. Yeah, I didn't listen to it yet because I was away. It's like twenty something songs on there too. I know that brown what is it brown yeah, skin brown girl. girl. Yeah, it was a whole challenge this weekend. Of course, people, yeah, it became like a trending topic on Twitter. And of course, you know, people that don't fit that description got a little salty. (laughs) I bet they did. Oh, my goodness. Um, And, you know, it was just kind of it was a good like she shouted out Lupita and Kelly Rowland. And I think, you know, brown comes in all colors. Um, So I think it was just like a really nice tribute. Um, but it's like a lot of Afro beats. It's like an Afro beats feel to a lot of the songs. Um, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, no, that's cool. I'm, I'm going to check it out this week for sure. Now that I've got some service and I'm back in the States. <laughs> uh, all right. I think we can uh, I'm gonna talk. We got a couple of political stories mm-hmm. to talk about. Um, I guess I'll... And entertainment. <laughs> well, yeah, I was about to say. So there is one that I have that I, I think would be a good transition mix into it. Is the the story, kind of going on with ASAP Rocky. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, ASAP Rocky is a rapper who pretty much was in Sweden, um, and I think the story is somebody was following him, and you know ASAP was like, "Yo, you know, pretty much fall back, fall back." Guy didn't wind up falling back. Asa Rocky pretty much beat him up real quick, and then has gotten arrested and has been detained for I guess a couple of weeks now, right? Yeah, and, a couple uh, you weeks. Know, yeah, it just got report, extended. Yeah, because he didn't get posted bail. He tried to he had a hearing and they didn't um, let him out, and, um, and yeah, so so he's they say he's been staying in deplorable position. Uh, uh, not position, deplorable conditions. Um, And that people, you know, he really wants to get out and he shouldn't be in there and all this other kind of stuff. But for some reason, Sweden is not the prosecutor. Whoever's prosecuting Sweden is not playing games with him. And and so, and as recently, you know, Kim and Kanye has have talked has spoken with Trump and Trump said he reached out to the Sweden president, whoever, and that they're going to look at into it within the next 48 hours um, to see what they can do to get ASAP out of there, which I find just, I don't know. I, I, it's just, 
I don't even know how I feel about all that. <laughs> like, yeah. But, what's, but even, oh, go ahead. No, I was about to say what's interesting is that when Trump, like, because he was like, yeah, Melania put me on to this situation. But then, like, the Swedish prime minister was like, uh, ASAP ain't about to get no special treatment. Like, <laughs> talking to the president is cool and all, but, like, uh, he's not going to get any special treatment. Like, we treat everybody the same. Mm-hmm. And people and are, I like, super confused because, like, isn't Sweden such a peaceful place and, you know, not much happens? And I'm like, yeah, but I think if a violent crime, like an assault happens, they probably take it very seriously, you mm-hmm. know, um, which is one of the reasons why it probably rarely occurs out there, you know. Yeah. Uh, versus America, you can get into a fight and, you know, be out in that same day or the next morning or whatever because, um, you know, just it's just America. But other countries are not the same. Yeah. And, you know, ASAP Rocky, you have bodyguards and stuff with you. You know, maybe you should let them do what they're paying you for. Yeah. Uh, but he decided to take it upon himself um, to do that. And so, you know, there's been interesting conversations mm-hmm. uh, between two podcasts in particular. Um, one is with uh, Crystal West, who's a co-host on this major black podcast called The Read. And, of course, the other one was Joe Budden and Joe Budden's podcast. And pretty much... Crystal was was making the point that, again, ASAP Rocky, I'm not even sure if we talked about on this podcast, I don't know if it was going on at that time, I'm not sure, probably not. But I think it was after Ferguson or something along those lines, he was on a Breakfast Club interview, and he pretty much was saying that, you know, he doesn't really care, if you will, about what was going on because he doesn't live in those those conditions. He's like, I live in Soho, I live in like hills i'm not connected to them I you know can't I, relate. This, I can't relate i got all this money um and so a lot of black activists and just black people in general was just kind of like sipping their tea like hmm you know you, you can't relate now you want our help now you want people to come you know get you out of, of jail and prison or whatever because you but you couldn't relate so you didn't know what this is like and then joe budden you know he had a response saying that he wishes that kind those kind of conditions on no man, you know, and, and although he said what he says, he didn't agree with, he feels like people shouldn't be uh, pushing, you know, him to stay in there or stay or be continue to be in these uh, deplorable conditions and everything like that, uh, that we need to do better than that because he is still one of us. Um, and, and he just like, hey, karma happens, uh, but should we still be the ones like pushing his face in the sand and in the dirt when, when this is happening? Um, so anyway, what are your thoughts, Dave? So my thing is, so I, I feel Joe Budden. It's kind of like, I'm not going to push or say like, oh, I hope he gets some more time. Like wishing negatively like on him beyond like what he is already experiencing. However, that also doesn't mean that I'm going to use my voice to like speak out and fight for him. Like I just, that's not my fight. We, I can't relate to you. You get what I'm saying? I'm not in Sweden. So it's just kind of like, I don't wish negatively on him, but at the, at the end of the day, I feel like I'm just at this point politically where it's just kind of like, if you're not for me, I, I don't, I'm, I just can't do it because there, we have, we have energy that we can be putting in other places to people who, when they get out, they're not going to go back to being like, Forget y'all. I live in Soho. I live in Beverly Hills. I'm just trying to F B's because that's what he said. So it's just kind of like, you know, for the people that's fighting for him, more power to you. I won't wish like any type of extra like sentence on him. But it's just kind of like, I don't know. We're just at like this 
political time right now where it's like really scary. So it's like, I don't, I, I no longer waste my energy on people who don't see themselves as a part of my tribe. Yeah. Yeah. And I found a quote, so I'll read it <laughs> so we can be, you know, accurate in what he said and, and why people feel some type of way. Um, so, you know, the question to him was, do you ever feel like you're being forced to address these issues? And he says, they're, um, they're not forcing me to do ish. I'm just going to stay black and die. Why? Because I'm black. So every time something happens because I'm black, I got to stand up. What the F am I? Al Sharpton now? I'm ASAP Rocky. I did not sign up to be no political activist. I want to talk about my my mother effing lean, my best friend dying, the girls that come in and out of my life, the jiggy fashion that I wear, and my new inspiration in drugs. Um, I don't want to talk about no effing Ferguson and ish because I don't live over there. I live in effing Soho and Beverly Hills. I can't relate. I'm in the studio. I'm in these fashion studios. I'm in these bees drawers. I'm not doing anything outside of that. That's my life. So, again, that's a direct quote from ASAP Rocky. And again, why a lot of people feel some type of way, um, because, again, he wasn't standing with the people when this came out, you know, in a way. Um, and a lot of people, there's a lot of backlash because of it. Now he finds this in this, himself in a situation where he feels like he is being, um, you know, he's experiencing injustices by the criminal, criminal justice system, a foreign criminal justice system at that. And then, yeah, people don't feel sympathy towards him because he didn't feel sympathy towards others. And are people wrong for that? No. You know, I don't think so. Um, but, you know, I think karma does happen and people like ASAP who feel like they are, can be untouched by these things. You're going to be touched because the reality is you're still a black man and you're experiencing this right now in another country. Um, should you get out? Should you stay in there? No. Hopefully you come out and you have a different perspective, you know, but we'll see. Um, some people like to double down, you know. And I will say, I don't expect, you know, artists, you know, you don't have to be a political activist, but I just think, like, his words hurt. Like, yeah. it was kind of like, he took it to the next level. Like, it was just, he othered the people who, like, were experiencing this intensely. And I was in Cambridge, Massachusetts at Harvard, and I was feeling Ferguson. Like, it mm -hmm. hurt my heart. Like, mm -hmm. I remember, like, tweet and like when I first like I, I don't know so it's just kind of like he took it to a next level to where it's just kind of like I'm not one of you leave me out of that and it's just kind of like okay dude okay and that's yeah. like it's one thing to say like you know I, I try to stay out of politics but you know you know I'm you know praying for my brothers and sisters or something like that like I don't I don't know yeah yeah, yeah, it's uh, again, it's you. I don't expect because you're right. I do not like or expect people who are musicians or whoever to be um, ha to be put in positions where they have to speak about things that they're not fully informed on because mm -hmm. that can do more damage. And so I think it would have been fair for him to be like, listen, I'm not the best advocate for these things. Uh, but yeah, don't distance yourself like you're not a part of this community, you know, um, and that you can't be sympathetic. That was the thing. I think the issue was like he he showed no sympathy, no empathy towards the people that this actually happened to. It was just like, I don't give a damn. It's not me. That's not my life. I live in Soho. What I'm going to talk about this for? And I'm like, nah, bruh. See, that's this is not the way to do a go about it. Yeah. You know, um, so. So, yeah. So. We'll keep our eye on this story and definitely keep updating you guys um, on that as as it progresses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I guess now we can move into, you know, since we've been 
well, since the last time we've recorded, we haven't really talked about it. And we talked about Trump just now dealing with ASAP Rocky, but also Trump and his, uh, you know, tweets also rally um, of what has been going on with him mm-hmm. and, you know, the racism that exudes from that. So you want to talk a little bit about that, Dev? Yes. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure many of you have heard about Trump's tweets to where, you know, they refer to him as the squad, which is, you know, the junior uh, members of Congress. Yeah, of Congress. Uh, so Alexandria uh, Ocasio-Cortez, uh, Ayanna Priestley, um, Ilhan Omar. Mm-hmm. And who's board with? Um, oh, uh, Rashida, uh, Rashida Talib or Talib. I can't, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm butchering that name. So, uh, but they're known collectively as a squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he told them in a tweet that like if they had, you know, so many complaints, you know, why don't they go back to their countries mm-hmm. and, you know, fix those countries? Well, considering the fact that three of them were born in the United States, uh, this is their country like but of course that's not how he meant it he meant it on some like go back to africa go back to mm-hmm. you know your you know whatever country type thing and not a lot of people well, at least not a lot of gop people have been willing to like stand up and be like that's racist nope and, and that's the sad thing about this party man it's crazy Actually, you know what was crazy is that I read that there's actually like laws and like like Senate and uh, congressional like books like related to like conduct by Congress people and senators that they actually aren't publicly supposed to say things like the president is racist, the president doesn't care about black. And that's a quote. They cannot say the president doesn't care about black people. Of course, that was probably added after Kanye West uh, said that about George Bush. Uh, And Nancy Nancy Pelosi actually came out and said, mentioned it and said it, and that she was suspended from the floor for a day. But of course, uh, all the Democratic uh, people... Uh, voted for her to be able to come back to the floor that same day. But can you believe mm. they have that rule in place? Yeah, that's crazy that you can't be, you know, honest? Your, yeah, honest about what's going on. You gotta, hey, that's wild. I didn't know about that rule. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so again, after, you know, the tweets, Trump had a rally because he is on the presidential campaign as well. And, you know, he brought up Elon Omar and you know, the crowd began to chant, um, send her back, send her back. Uh, of course, again, and, and it's just, like we said, very racist, xenophobia, all the above. And what's, you know, the craziest thing about Trump is that he just lies so just, just openly. Like, he, like he, it's like, it, like he literally asked about it the next day or two later. I'm about to send her back chance. And they were asked, like, you know, why'd you why didn't you say anything? He was like, Oh, I did. I said something immediately. Right. Um, and then everybody's been replaying the clips when they cause when he start when they started to say send her back, he paused mm. for 13 seconds. <laughs> and like you can see him looking around, like like bassing in it, you know what I'm saying? And then and then he continued on, but he never he never even told him to stop at all. Um, so it was just a, a clear and blatant lie. And and I don't know. I don't know, man. It's just like this guy's ridiculous in a lot of ways. But he's setting up this this he's been setting up his entire before when he got here, it was 
first campaigning and now like um extremely you know racial divide extreme racial divide on his platform as his platform mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well i would say one crazy thing about that is that this uh black man in indiana his name is larry mitchell he actually set up a gofundme page uh to send him back to africa and <laughs> Yes, he actually raised two thousand dollars. He got two. It, his original goal was a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, but he ended up raising two thousand dollars and shut it down. He was like, "I'm about to grab this money and like go." Uh, <laughs> but people were actually saying things like, uh, so, uh, "Somebody did a forty five dollar donation and was like fed up white guy." Um, another one left a donation and said, "You better not come back." Mm. <laughs> People, people actually really doing that, huh? Oh my goodness, man! Sometimes I feel like just doing stuff like that, just to take white folk money and just do what I want with it, <laughs> like buy a house. Like, yeah, I thought I was going somewhere. I just helped me put a down payment on this house. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going. I'm going on vacation. <laughs> why, don't, why don't y'all use this hate to help me reduce this this wealth gap we got going on? Right. But it's you have to really be like sick in the head or like this, like that you would actually donate to that Donate money literally to do that. It's wild. Um, and, you know, throughout this whole phase of, of Trump and these, you know, send them back tweets. I've been seeing um, the, uh, some some threads on social media talking about genocide. Um, and you know, the, this guy by the name of Gregory H. Stanton has, I think he first came out, um, in the 1980s or so with the eight steps of genocide. And you can go to like things like genocide, genocidewatch.net.org. And, but now I think it's been upgraded to like 10 stages of genocide. And why people are, have been passing this list around is because it really, um, is somewhat, you know, comparable to what we've been seeing here happening in America. Um, you know, this form of research started when they're talking about things like the Holocaust, even though there's been much more, many more genocides than that. But that was the main one that took, you know, um, uh, was the premier kind of event that sparked this list and this kind of research and looking at the stages. Um, and so, you know, pretty much people are saying that, and, I, and I'll read you all just the, I won't go into detail of each part, but, you know, people are saying we're pretty close to getting to that full genocide, the, the things at the, the bottom of the list, the nine and ten numbers. But first is like classification, right? When you're kind of distinguishing us and them, usually by ethnicity, race or religion or even nationality. Then symbolization, okay? You give names or other symbols to that classification of what you call people or you don't call them or how you classify yourself. So even things like MAGA, right? MAGA supporters, you're creating these distinctions against certain things. And, and now we're kind of lumping people in immigrants, discrimination, right? You use the law, you use customs, you use political power to deny the rights to other groups, Mm-hmm. Okay, and oftentimes these these groups who are powerless usually do not have full civil rights and voting rights or even citizenship. Mm-hmm. That's the third step. Do you have dehumanization? Okay, uh, one group denies the humanity of another group, calling them animals, right? Vermin, insects, things we've heard. Organization, right? They said genocide is always organized. It's the fifth step. Start, and it's and this is when you start to see it being things start to be implemented by the state, whether they're using military or other kind of armed forces to kind of 
get ready for this combat and creating militia type law or what have you, mm-hmm. denying people visas for foreign travel, right? <laughs> We're seeing that polarization, right? Extremists begin to drive the groups apart. So hate groups begin broadcasting polarizing propaganda, maybe yelling things like send her back, mm-hmm. right? Um, um, and all this other kind of stuff. I go back to where you came from. And, uh, and then seventh step, is uh, preparation, right? So it says plans begin to be made for genocide killings, uh, although uh, uh, what they're trying to like purify, right? Kind of what you mentioned earlier, right? Who should be let into this country um, and for what reasons, right? This kind of purification process. And then, so many people have said we're around probably this, that step seven or eight, and this, the eighth step is persecution, uh, where victims or these these people are identified. They're separated out because of their ethnic or religious I- identity. People are dying. Uh, you're being deprived of resources such as food and water, whatever children's taken away, uh, parents, all this kind of stuff. Your kind of innate basic human rights are now being infringed upon by the state. And many people begin to live in deplorable conditions. So people are saying we are at that state step. And there's two more steps, which is nine and ten. Nine is extermination, and then ten is denial. Um, that comes after the genocide, and then nine is you know pretty much you're actively there's like mass killings and people are dying and stuff like that. And so some people are even arguing that you know uh, these the the crazy conditions these people are living in in the in these uh in these camps mm-hmm. and these detention centers um because you know we may not see like actual military going and we really don't know what's going on in these places one and then actual military going and killing people it can't happen in other ways people getting sick and not getting health care or some kind of disease is being spread and they're dying in these camps right it, it can happen to seem what seem maybe natural ways where you're actually killing off these large groups of people um for these reasons it may not be to like oh like you know how we've seen with the holocaust in those extreme ways but in a more milder fashion but still accomplishing the same goal mm-hmm. um, so i just wanted to address that because it's very scary and eerie how similar in those steps as far as what happens in these genocidal situations with governments can be very much compared to what we see right now happening in our own you know quote unquote amazing country of america yeah i feel like we really need to like reel some stuff and dial it back and that's why you know i was mentioning earlier that like we are just in a different time so i don't have time for people who are like trying to walk the line or toe the line or distance themselves from the dehumanization and racism and just political polarization that we are experiencing like i feel like people you need pick a side like we got to pick a side because if not we're just gonna continue to go in a direction that like we cannot come back from what i'm saying like who like 10 15 20 years from now when we're looking back on this like who do you want to say you were like do you want to say, oh, I was on the wrong side? I should have known. Like, and so it's just kind of like, that's why I don't have time for, you know, people walking the line because it's like, we, this is serious. This is serious. No, it is. It is. Um, you're right. I mean, I, there's some times where you can be comfortable and stay in that safe zone, but uh, it's just like, even when you talk about things like slavery, when you talk about things like the Holocaust, the reason these things were allowed to happen is because of the complacency of you know citizens 
being on the fence and not really taking a side or not trying to intervene and all these lives were lost. And then afterwards you want to be sympathetic afterwards. You want to feel bad or maybe not even address it at all and say it wasn't that bad, but you have to look at what's going on here and now and the conditions they're talking about of children being separated from parents, even citizens getting caught up in some of these detention centers, people drinking water out of toilets, mm. you know, no health services. Um, I mean, it just stacked in, in in cages. I mean, this is like if you saw that imagery in the Holocaust and that makes you upset, you're seeing the very same exact imagery now in these immig immigration detention centers. And yet, you know, not as many people that need to be pushing against it are. And, I, and it's very scary to see that many GOP officials are you, you just got to do what's right. I don't you know, sometimes politics just does not matter anymore. And this should be a bipartisan attack against what this administration is doing um, and not just mainly like these liberals kind of thing. Uh, and so that's scary. What, you know, I don't know. Um, I think that's what just really frustrates me so much is that I feel like over the years, the GOP has tried to paint it, paint itself as like a moral party. And, you know, there have been things historically you might not agree with, but it's just kind of like to just see what they're willing to put up with just so that they can like stay in power or win politically. It's, it's kind of scary. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That is, it is a very worrisome thing and how they use the Bible and all this other kind of stuff to yes, do things on moral grounds. And like, even, you know, even the, even the, I think Justin Bieber had tweeted like to Trump and to them. He's like, yo, I, I want to, he's like, ASAP is my, my guy, my homie. I want to see him get out, but why don't you use these resources to, to save these kids in the detention center? You know what I mean? Like, like, why are you rushing to save this other, you know, black celebrity from another country, you know, instead of like, there are things that are needed right now. People are living in the same kind of conditions in our own country that ASAP Rocky is living in other places. Um, so it's about, yeah, priority. Why are you doing things? What are we talking about here? Uh, but it's, it's, it's sad, man. And I, I I don't know what needs to happen or what else, what we can do to help. Uh, but I think, you know, even just me talking right now, I feel like I, I need to be more diligent in my efforts to make sure that something, do I give money to somebody? Who is it? You know, maybe we can find something out and then post it. Well, we do need to get Mitch McConnell out of office. I feel yeah. like a lot of yeah. things could change if we could get him out. I feel like he's, he's I don't know, because I don't, I don't oh, think yeah. that's considered like, defamation but i just feel like he's bad for the country so no he is he is no other way around it i mean he is to to turn your eye away from this and allow these things to happen nah man that shows what kind of human you are and you're not one that i want to see you know any leadership positions in this country for sure yeah so he got to go yeah <sighs> but okay um anything else well just um you know, before our next episode comes out, there will be the next set of debates. Um, uh, the second debate will happen next Wednesday or there are two nights. The first night will happen Tuesday and the second night will happen Wednesday. So there will already have been like one additional debate before our uh, next episode. But, you know, kind of just wanted to say, you know, keep a lookout on uh that uh, people are in introducing new policy initiatives. I know uh, Joe Biden just introduced a alternative to Medicare for all, which was just simply a federal public option that people could buy into. Um, and it, uh, I haven't read all of it. It's supposed to uh, 
kind of work around the Supreme Court decision that like the government couldn't force states to expand Medicare for all. Uh, And so by offering a federal public option, it kind of uh, gets around uh, that ruling. So, you know, candidates is about to be the second debate. They're going to be coming out with these policies, really dig into them, really uh, read them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Check those out. Um, and we'll be watching, of course, and you know we'll dedicate some time, like we did last time, you know, episode talking about what we heard, what what the takeaways were, winners, losers, our thoughts, etc. Um, probably that'll probably looks like because of the dates. So the dates are what the end of the month. Oh uh, yeah, so uh, Tuesday the thirtieth and Wednesday okay. the thirty first. Yeah, so that'll be our first um, episode of August. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the those debates yeah yeah our feedback on them because we won't miss we won't make them for that yeah they'll happen in those nights so yeah so we'll take our notes and be ready to talk about it then for y'all <laughs> but you know what kamala harris and joe biden uh joe biden are gonna like face off again in the second debate oh they're in the same yeah. debate uh-huh so cnn did this like weird little live drawing game to where like they put the knights in one box and put the candidate's name in another box and they just like randomly drew it in front of like a live television audience. Um, And so uh, Kamala Harris, those are the two big people. And I think Julian Castro is going to be on that second night as well. And uh, Bernie Sanders is going to face off with uh, Elizabeth Warren on the first night, so okay, okay. It, yeah, that's gonna be interesting. It's gonna probably be a lot of niceness going on in that one. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think love's gonna be oh. <laughs> that second night looks like it's it's gonna be yeah, that's gonna be a good one. Yeah, Castro, Biden, and, and Kamala. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think Castro will be in a good position because you already know that Biden is ready to come for Kamala, and you know they're gonna be going at it and. Castro may be able to come in, throw his jabs in. Yeah. Oh, Booker is in that second night, too. So they got some some good stuff. And uh, you have Pete uh, Buttigieg. He is in the first night with uh, Bernie and Elizabeth Warren. I do want to see Warren and Sanders go at it. Uh, That'll be interesting to to see, see how they can, you know, separate themselves from each other in a way. Yeah, because they are the two most progressive. Mm-hmm. My prediction is that she's going to uh, blow him out of the water with details related yes, to plans. Yes, yes. But we shall see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's that's her bigger, um, I guess, attribute, you know, compared to Bernie. <laughs> is that so they'll talk about the same things, essentially. But yes, yeah, she will have actual plan. And Bernie's just going to probably be like. We're going to revolt. Revolution. Revolution. <laughs> to Young people are going to revolution, yes. <laughs> the top 1%. Yeah. And Elizabeth could be like, well, we need more than revolution, you know. <laughs> we need plans. We need plans, and that's what I have. So, I'm, And, you know, I think I think it'll be interesting, and that might that might hurt Bernie a little bit if he's not prepared, you know, to come toe-to-toe with some policy. Mm. Um, so I think, yeah, that actually be, and now that I'm thinking about it, be better than I thought it would okay yeah good good so we'll keep our eyes on that and definitely keep you all updated 
Um, other than that, thanks for tuning in once again. Um, hope you all are having a good summer. Uh, if you haven't yet, be sure to follow us on social media at BHC Podcast. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can visit our website, blackandhollydangerous.com, the keyboard with all our latest content. Um, or you can also email us, bhcpodcast at gmail.com, uh, to, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, if you have ideas, questions, comments, concerns. We always love feedback from our listeners and, you know, we try to incorporate into our episodes as well so continue to do that and then also review and rate us on itunes if you haven't did that yet that means a lot to us so please take the time just to drop a five-star rating and a comment if you like and other than that share us with your friends share us with your family and share us with your enemies and as always continue to be the oppressor's worst fear if you're interested in continuing this and other conversations, visit our website, blackandhollydangerous.com to subscribe to our email list, suggest topics, and participate in our discussion forums. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BHD Podcast. And please don't forget to subscribe and rate our podcast on your favorite platform. And as always, continue to be the oppressor's worst fear. <laughs>